So welcome everybody. We're still letting people in from the waiting room as we speak and um, setting up the Facebook live stream. Uh, we have up on the screen ways that people can participate this evening. Um, we're expecting to present a lot of information, um, but I will also point out that um, one of our graduate interns, Ali Heipel, is actually staffing the phone. So if people have difficulty um, and need help, uh, you can also you can message her. But if you can't message her, calling our office phone number will in fact reach Ali right now, um, and she's available to help if anybody needs anything. So welcome everybody who's joining us. We'll get started in a few minutes. We are just getting stuff adjusted. And I have one more thing that I have to figure out. There we go. So we are just getting ready that we're gonna stream this on Facebook Live. And as I said, that's um, new for us and we're just getting everybody um, on here. And oh, I apologize. This is gonna make it Nope, look funny for a minute. So good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming. We're thrilled to have so many people here. Uh, the city of Medford, we're talking about parks and open space and upcoming projects, things that are going on, things that are coming. Um, we have a number of staff with us here this evening. Um, and so before I, um, introduce the mayor. I just want to let you know 
Um, we have Annie Streetman from the Office of Planning, Development and Sustainability, who will be doing a lot of the presenting this evening. Um, we have Kevin Bailey, who is our Director of Recreation. He's available for questions. Um, Allie Heipel is one of our graduate students in the Office of Community Development, and she is available. If you have any technical issues, if you have any trouble, she can answer you in chat. Um, she can also, she's also at the phone number if anybody needs anything. And Amber Christofferson from the Mystic River Watershed Association has been working on some of these projects with us and she'll be presenting some of these projects. So welcome everybody. I'm thrilled to see such great turnout this evening. And I'd like to introduce Mayor Brianna Lungo Kern to, to say a few words of welcome. Thank you, Alicia Hunt. Um, I will be brief because I know you have a great presentation planned, but I know that your department, Office of Community Development, Energy and Environment, as well as um, Parks Department has worked really hard. We've had meetings um, every, few, every few weeks over the last several months to do upgrades to our parks and fulfill the open space um, park plan. Um, we did have one community meeting back a couple months ago to talk about our applications for CPA funding. That went well um, and we did live stream that. And this is a second meeting to not only talk about those projects, but additional projects that we're looking to get underway. Um, we wanna make sure this is a public process and that everybody's able to comment and we have numerous open meetings. So this is one of those meetings and I'm glad to see 54 people um, on the call today and I'm very interested to hear the presentation and hear from um, the community of any ideas or concerns or questions they may have. Thank you. Great, thank you, Mayor. And we're also going to um, try another thing that is new this evening. So I will say if, if any of these things are more distracting and helpful, say so, let us know in the chat. Um, I'm gonna turn on cap live captioning, which is available because of the slideshow program that we are using today. Um, so this is not something that we normally have available for public meetings but the slideshow program is actually adding the live captions for us. Um, as I said, you can message. So let me just go on to um, our goals for tonight. We really want to give you an update on, we have so many things going on in the city. We want to provide you with an update on these parks and paths projects. We want to gauge interest. Some of these projects, we're going to ask you for feedback tonight. Others, we are actually going to tell you that we are planning future public meetings to get input on them. And some of them, we are think that they're in a good shape. And if we actually should be doing more communication on them, please let us know that. Um, we invite everybody to get on our email list. So actually, if you go to gogreenmedford.org, um, that's a webpage that we run out of this office and go to contacts, you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, although we don't use that much. We have a newsletter that you can sign up for. You can also just send us email at, and it's on the bottom of every slide, our email address, OCD at medford-ma.gov. We'll add you. I will tell you that we are changing newsletter providers in the next few weeks so that you may see two different things there. There's also a Google group on there that is for people to talk about green 
things going on in the city. It's mostly uh, announcements about green stuff. It's not run by the city, but we co-manage it with a number of the residents. Um, so tonight we're gonna talk about some things that are recently completed. Um, so Annie's gonna talk about that and Annie's gonna talk about some updates, projects that are underway based on pre previous feedback so that you're aware they're happening. Um, I'm gonna talk about pro some of the projects that are coming that need that there will be future input activities, opportunities, or we're gonna have public meetings. And Annie's gonna talk about some additional smaller future projects coming up. And then Amber is gonna talk about two projects that we have going on right now that we'd love to get any feedback this evening. At any point, you can put messages in the chat. We're not gonna interrupt the speakers for general questions, but if anything's not clear, if you need clarity on anything, please let us know. Allie will be monitoring the chat. Um, if you have comments and questions, don't feel that you have to save them for the end, just put them in the chat. If we have time at the end to answer questions, we will. Um, if you definitely want your questions answered, send them to our email address and we'll reply back to everything. If we have time to get to stuff tonight, that would be wonderful, but we really have so many things that we want to share with you this evening. So again, this is the stuff. There's also during the discussion part, you can use the raise hand. Um, if you use raise hand earlier, Allie will probably message you and ask what if you need some help with something or, or what, what your question is. Um, so when I said we have a lot of things, I'm gonna thank the Mystic River Watershed Association and Amber for this beautiful map, base map that we're using this evening. Um, but these are in purple, all the items that we plan to touch on this evening, um, up current and upcoming projects in the city. Um, so I am gonna turn it over to Annie to talk about the first batch of projects this evening. Great, thank you, Alicia. So since there are so many projects to touch on, I'm gonna move pretty quickly. Um, but as Alicia said, just a reminder, please put any questions or comments in the chat or you can submit them to our office via phone or email. So first we wanted to highlight a couple of recently completed projects. So first renovations at Harris Park were completed in July and those included a splash pad, a natural play area and new play equipment. And they were funded through a combination of federal land and water and CPA grant funding as well as city funds. And also at the recreation center in Medford led by the city's recreation department, recent improvements included sanding, relining, and sealing of the gym floor, which was funded by grant from the Encore Casino and friends of the Gene Mac gym and the bathrooms at the rec center were repainted in December. So next I'd like to briefly provide some updates on various projects that are underway based on past community feedback that we've heard and also needs that were identified in the city's 2019 open space and recreation plan update. So these include um, all of the, the locations shown on the map here. Um, and I'll start first with the Condon shell was repainted last spring and the roof was repaired and electrical outlets on the stage were replaced in the fall. And a note that when the shell was repainted, the mural was covered. So we wanted to flag an upcoming item uh, that a new mural will be painted due to fundraising by cachet and the city will pass along more information once an artist has been selected for that process. 
So at Tufts Pool, uh, we have a number of improvements to fill you in on. Um, in terms of accessibility, these improvements have included retiling of the men's handicapped bathroom floor, purchasing of ADA accessible stairs to go into the pool, and those are currently being assembled, uh, ADA lips in the shower areas, or ADA compliant picnic tables for the outside, and uh, in addition, upcoming projects to install automatic doors, remove concrete lips in the shower areas, and install handicap accessible sinks are just getting going. These are all funded through community development block grant funds to improve accessibility of Tufts Pool. Other upcoming improvements that are in the works include improvements to the women's showers, painting of lap lanes in the pool, replacement of the pool deck and installation of a water mushroom in the wading pool. And also with assistance from National Grid, the city is installing new LED lights at the bathhouse. And most of these will be funded through a combination of CPA and linkage funding. At Wright's Pond, these are also improvements coordinated through our recreation department. Uh, CCSR students helped to repaint the Jersey Barriers forest green. DPW installed new shingles on the bulletin board and repaired sections of the broken sidewalk panels. And using community development block grant funds, the city has purchased some ADA accessible picnic tables to be placed on the front deck of the bathhouse. So we wanted to update you on a couple of the CPA projects uh, that are upcoming. The city's parks division was awarded CPA funding for improvements that are expected to be done in the spring and summer of 2021. And these included reconstructing five tennis courts at Duggar Park, including the regrading, paving, and coating of the, co of the court surface, and the installation of new net posts, fencing, and pickleball lines. And then at um, Playstead Park, the regrading, paving, and coating of the court surface of the basketball courts, and the installation of two new basketball hoops. And finally, uh, playground resurfacing at the city's three remaining sand playgrounds at Tufts Park, Capon Park, and Cummings Park, which will improve safety and lower barriers to accessibility. And this will include the removal of sand and weeds at these locations and their replacement with a certified playground fiber or playground mulch that will meet safety requirements. And so all of these projects have been approved for CPA funding and agreements and scopes are being finalized now. And so lastly, I wanted to touch on the Clippership Connector, uh, which is a 0.3 mile multi-use path that when completed will fill a critical gap in the regional trail network. Uh, on this image, you can see that the orange dotted line is the project itself and the green lines are pathways that already exist. So while this project is of a lot of interest to the city, it is actually being done by the State Department of Conservation and Recreation or DCR. And the state has gotten a federal land and water grant that they will be paying and they'll be paying for the rest of it out of state money. So the status of this is that the project is in the permit phase of design and next steps this year include DCR submitting a notice of intent to the Medford Conservation Commission a chapter 91 license application to DEP this spring, as well as ongoing negotiations of easements and acquisitions. And DCR expects to begin construction late spring, early summer of next year.
So with that, I'll pass it over to Alicia, um, who I think might be muted and trying to speak. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. Yes. Um, and now I'm going to talk about some upcoming projects. Um, these are projects. So are you, uh, sorry, advancing slides and talking at the same time can be difficult. Um, so this uh, shows the projects that we're going to talk about next. So these are ones that um, we have are getting ready to move forward with. Um, in order to do these projects, we are actually creating a short list of consultants to do landscape design, park renovation work. So we've put out a request for qualifications to consulting firms, and those are actually due tomorrow. So what will happen is it will review those. We'll pick the most qualified consultants that we want to work with. We'll put them on our short list, and then we'll work out, we will ask each of them for scopes and um, quotes, sorry, for quotes for each of these projects based on the scope that we've been working on, in some cases, the scopes that have been funded. Uh, so once those consultants are in place, then we're going to be asking them to do some more significant outreach. Um, I'm actually gonna start with the Riverbend Park Labyrinth. So this one actually, um, we already have the design, a designer on. Um, Many of you may know that in Riverbend Park, we had some contamination and a lot of it was cleaned up, but this one corner uh, has some high levels and we need to put what's called a cap on it. So we'll be putting um, a cement uh, cap. So no better way to say it. We've been working with the abutting neighbors. As you can see, there are some neighbors very close to this location. So we've been working with them on what would be a good fit to go on a nice slab of concrete there, which would otherwise be very ugly. We came up with the idea of a labyrinth as something that would be quiet, but active recreation. This project is funded with the Community Preservation Act as well. So this is one idea that we have gotten from the artist. We're working with Carolyn Lewinberg and we're partnering with the Medford Arts Council on this. So this is an idea of putting river stone in cement. So these would not be movable. These would be concreted down. Um, and this is one uh, idea that we are talking about and we'd love to get feedback on that. We actually already have scheduled March 3rd at 7 p.m. We are going to have a public meeting specifically on this. We'll be outreaching to direct abutters and to the neighbors of this project but this is obviously a public meeting for everybody to weigh in and to refine this plan. Our goal is to be able to uh, go to construction on this this summer. Um, you're, we'll welcome comments, suggestions to our email address as well. Um, you're welcome to put things in the chat, but we are planning to have a full public meeting on this, as I said, March 3rd. Uh, thanks to the CPA, we received funding for Gillis Park to do a master plan. Um, anybody who has ever had a child play Little League softball in Medford is therefore familiar with Gillis Field. If you haven't, then you may not be familiar with the park. What you're seeing on the screen is the entire Gillis Field. That is the entire park. Um, so it is not accessible. There are stairs down to the field. It is pretty hard to get into. The, we, are, we have money from the CPA to do a master plan to look at accessibility on the entire system. 
to look at flooding issues that we've had with this park and to see what kind of renovations we need to do a dramatic improvement to Gillis Park. Um, the left-hand side there, that is actually the side of 93. So we need to look at some of the, what are these existing constraints put on this park. So there will be public meetings about Gillis Park. This is one of the ones that we need to contract with the consultant for. And once they're on board, then we'll be doing the public meetings. Car Park is up in North Medford. Um, this was highlighted by the both the 2011 and the 2019 open space and recreation plans. They both said that this park is very outdated and is sorely in need of renovations. Um, it hasn't been renovated in over 25 years. So the CPA funded money to do a master plan to look at the big picture here. What do we need to do? There's actually in the back here, there are wetlands as well. Um, this doesn't flood very well, or it doesn't flood, it doesn't drain very well. We get flooding in this field here that stays for days after rainstorms. Um, and the playground is, it's now more than 25 years old. So this will absolutely be having public meetings about this. One of the things that we're talking about are some creative ideas, like having people in the park to take feedback, as well as some online in possibly in person, our goal is to actually do the design work this summer. And I'm gonna turn it back to Annie to talk about some additional um, parks that are in the design process. Great, thanks Alicia. So we also have a few upcoming projects that are uh, smaller in scale. And for these, we're thinking of pursuing a more targeted outreach strategy. Uh, this might include holding drop-off hours in the parks in early spring uh, and reaching out to residents within a 10-minute walk. So some of these targeted outreach strategies are new to the city and we welcome any feedback on these ideas or any recommendations that you all may have of good ways to reach people. So at Logan Park, uh, we're in the very early stages of discussions around improvements, uh, but we're looking at some accessibility improvements and potentially the addition of a natural play area. Uh, we will soon be bringing in a consultant who will be collecting input from residents and will come up with some ideas for some fun additional elements to be added to the park. So start thinking about what you might like to see here. And the next one we have is Morrison Park. And the city is looking to upgrade the tot lot, improve landscaping and look into coverings over the dugouts. We are expecting to fund these improvements through community development block grant funding. And then finally at Brooks Park, the city is looking to some maintenance and improvement projects that include installation of curbing and edging around the entire park and landscaping improvements. These would also be funded through CDBG funds community development block grant. Thank you, Annie. And now we're gonna have Amber Christofferson from Mystic River Watershed Association is going to present some of the projects that are underway. Um, these projects uh, have design funding and we are in the process of working through them out. I'll let Amber speak to them. Great, thanks Alicia. Hi everyone, my name is Amber. Um, as Alicia said, I work for the Mystic River Watershed Association. I'm the Greenways Director and have been partnering with the city of Medford on a number of open space and path projects along the river. Next slide. 
Okay, so there's two projects that I'm going to talk about tonight. The first is the Route 28 Wellington underpass project highlighted with this uh, purple circle. Next slide. Uh, so this project is funded by the Gaming Commission and is a proposed boardwalk under Route 28 to connect McDonald Park and Stations Landing um, and serves a number of local and regional connections. In addition to connecting these two parks, it'll also connect several uh, of the networks around the Mystic River and the Malden River. And more importantly, it'll provide a safe alternative for walking and biking so you don't have to cross Route 28 or even worse, cross Wellington Circle. Um, the current status of this project is we have preliminary designs, uh, which is technically a 25% design, which is enough to start permitting, but there's still definitely room for changes to the design as it goes forward. Um, it, this project has been identified as eligible for TIP funding, which stands for Transportation, in, Transportation Infrastructure Proge uh, Program, which is a state program, meaning that um, once it gets on the TIP pipeline, it will be built and funded by the state in a couple years. So we can't give you an exact timeline on that, but it is moving forward. Uh, next slide. So these are a few images of the boardwalk on the Somerville side under Route 28. So the intention here is to mirror the design elements that you see on the Somerville side. And on that side, it connects Baxter Park with Blessing of the Bay Park. Next slide. So this is a circulation diagram. Um, it's a little bit small, so a little hard to read, but on the left, you can see the project area. Um, this project is comprised of a 12 foot wide boardwalk uh, that goes under the bridge and connects to the paths that are existing at McDonald Park and Stations Landing and um, will be made of uh, wood and have lighting. And then there's two proposed overlooks. Um, the other important project that this fits in with is the city of Medford and Somerville's short-term uh, MassDOT grant to build bike lanes across Route 28, which is great because if any of you guys have biked or walk across Route 28, it's a very narrow sidewalk that can barely even fit two people walking. So these bike lanes will be built um, by June of this year, sometime in the spring, ideally. Uh, so that'll come before this underwalk, uh, sorry, the underpass project, but we'd like the two to fit together and thinking about how bikers would get off of Route 28 and into the underpass and vice versa. Um, so that's one piece of feedback that we're looking for that might be best served um, by looking at the presentation afterwards and emailing if you have specific ideas. Um, but this is really, again, a preliminary drawing. So I would say it's still in the very early phases and um, we'll be go moving to the design phases in the next year or two. So uh, Lisa, do we wanna open it up now to questions for this particular one? Or do you wanna- I unmuted? Oh, good, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to find my image so I could unmute. Um, I think that if people wanted to comment on this one now and then we'll ask about the other, um, and if somebody could just chat to everyone in the chat box, tell me that we thought we have it turned on that everybody can chat to everyone, but I, oh yes, everyone can chat publicly and directly. Okay, because we were concerned that we weren't getting any comments at all. Um, so we're glad to see that you can chat in the chat box to everybody. Um, and if people wanted to ask questions or comments about this project now, Amber also has one other project to share with everybody. And then we can, we're doing, way faster on time than we anticipated. We're happy to take questions on all of our projects. 
Um, but if anybody has anything on this one in particular, that would be great. Sure, I see a question about uh, universal design. Yeah, absolutely, this will be accessible, meeting all the required grades and surfaces that are good for anyone on wheels, whether it's a wheelchair, stroller, bike. Um, and I think the first question is sort of a, we hope it's yes. Um, Right now, it's if any of you guys have crossed by stations landing, it's a two-phase crossing uh, that the signals are not timed, and there's I think eight lanes of traffic, so it's it's really not a great um, intersection and disrupts the flow of the whole riverfront system. Um, one feature that is new and proposed for this side and not the other side are the overlook areas. So we think that will be an amenity, so people can stop and pause and and look. Um, and again, lighting will be a part of this similar to the other side. So it will be safe from that perspective. Um, so there's a question, I wasn't sure if you were actually answering this. Will the bike lane going north include bike lights through Wellington Circle intersection? And so what I might speak, and I think that I saw somebody more expert than me on this call for, about this, but there is actually a study being um, funded by the casino funds to do a very large look, a big picture look at Wellington Circle. So there's some accessibility things that were done, improvements done to Wellington Circle with um, casino money. If you have not tried to cross through Wellington Circle in the past six months to a year, you may find that it is very, it is somewhat different from previous experiences. It is still a very tedious, torturous crossing but there are way many walk signs and crosswalks and walk lights in there than there ever were before. Um, but there is a major redesign. The city has a team that's working with the Wellington Circle or with the casino and consultants being paid for by the casino in the state to look at all of Wellington Circle redesign. And I cannot tell you whether or not there will be bicycle lights in Wellington Circle, but that is the kind of input that we will happily pass along to the team working on that. Yes, yeah, so there's a couple questions here. Um, so one of the questions was about the bike lanes um, that are gonna be installed on Route 28. My understanding is that the bike lanes will continue until that first signal. Um, maybe we um, could go to back to that first slide that shows a larger area and I can point it out. Um, nope, I, in the other direction. Back to this slide? Yeah. Oh, yep. The one that was of the aerial. Uh, this one. Yeah, so right here, there's a signal. This is the one that's the two-phase crossing that's not timed together. So the bike lanes will go through here. Um, it's just at this point, this is a very short-term grant to put bike lanes on and not a long-term infrastructure project. So it would be imprudent to connect it to Wellington Circle without a really good plan for how people will continue to go through there. Um, so there will, and they will be, um, protected with bollards. It won't be grade separated at this point because it is a shorter term grant, but we hope it will provide a roadmap for future potential grade separated paths on the, on the bridge. Um, trying to look through a few other questions here and yes, fishing is allowed. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but just to the West of this image in McDonald park, there's a fishing pier that DCR recently renovated so you can go out there and fish and we don't recommend eating much of the fish in the mystic river but we we definitely encourage catch and release uh 
And we, we do a fish advisory. So if you want to go to our website, you can see what that is all about. Um, but yeah, I imagine you could fish off this overlook. I don't imagine why you couldn't. Um, let's see. And then someone just asked me about the Somerville one. I believe that was built almost 10 years ago. Um, the only complaint I've heard is around how much it might be salted. I think um, right now it's managed by DCR and is sometimes salted, which can cause an issue with the environment in the river. So that's something that um, we're working through as far as a maintenance practice with DCR as we design this. Um, and then I think there was a question about if station landing connects to assembly. So that would be over the bridge, whereas this one just connects laterally. Um, so it stays in Medford versus going to Somerville. Right. There are sidewalks on the bridge and what some people have been alluding to but may not be publicly well known yet is that there are bike lanes being added to this bridge as part of one of the quick build projects um, from the pandemic, pandemic funding. That this particular one was actually applied for by Somerville but they're working very closely with the city of Medford um, and the, they'll come all the way up to here um, at President's Landing in the city of Medford, even though it is technically a, um, a grant received by Somerville. Um, they're working closely with our traffic engineer on it, yep. our new director the, of traffic. The office space dedicated to the bike lane is coming from reduced travel widths along the lane. So the goal is to also hopefully slow down traffic. I mean, when there isn't already a traffic issue um, so that cars don't go as fast and there's more prioritization of people and bikes. So um, Amber, there's one question here that I don't, I don't fully understand. I wonder if you do. It says, will the existing barriers on the bridge be moved further out to provide more room? Yeah, so, so the way it's gonna work is the existing sidewalk is gonna remain the same and then there's gonna be a seven foot, I believe it's a seven foot bike lane that will also have a barrier uh, buffering against traffic. So I think that answers the question. There's gonna be that kind of two barriers. There's a sidewalk and then there'll be a bike lane. Um, Thank you. And this was a low cost short term solution uh, with the idea that like, let's bring these on now instead of waiting five to 10 more years for a longer term, more expensive solution. And the question about swimming in the Mystic River. Um, right now the, the water quality grade of the river is quite good. It's an A minus, which means it's safe to swim unless you're talking about 48 hours after a big Sloan event. Um, however, it's also a very shallow river and the um, quality of the sediments is still um, something that we wouldn't feel comfortable with people being able to touch the bottom of the river. So that's, that's one of the challenges around creating a more intentional swim area. But the Mystic Lakes, on the other hand, um, is a swim area at Shannon Beach. If anyone hasn't been, you should check it out this summer. And someone asked if the road is going to be repaved. Do you know? I don't think repaving is part of this, but um, I'm not entirely sure. I saw at one point Todd joined. If he's not on, I just searched. Yeah. Um, if you want to email us that question, then we're happy to get an answer to it. Um, I don't promise to remember it if you don't email it to us, though. Oh, I can ask Allie to make a note. 
as a general rule, we won't know how to reach back out to you if you don't um, actually send us email. My guess would be this is mostly a restriping effort and not a repaving effort, but don't quote me on that. Right, Todd would know. Um, should we move on to the next project? Um, before you do, I'll just, um, there was a question about Brooks Park or actually just a, a quick comment that they really liked it and the mayor shared with us. Um, the parks department is actually working on getting quotes for the work in Brooks Park. And then we'll have um, a separate meeting about that one. And this is one of the ones where we'll be sure to notify the abutters to the park um, for the public meeting on that one. All right, do we want to move on to this one? All right, so this is uh, Wellington Greenway phase four. Um, oh, did you want to answer the question about the current uh, radius? A butter for, for notice for butter notices. So there's no, um, no, there's nothing dictated. So this is not legal notices. This is um, because we know it's the right thing to do. So what we were discussing earlier is for the smaller parks, we would do a butter notices of a 10 minute walking because that's a really good rule of thumb. And so we'll take a look at what that looks like. I think it's about a quarter mile. Um, for the large parks like car park with, that has a very large budget, we'll actually just be notifying the entire city. Um, we're also discussing doing flyers and we'll try and get a feeling for the neighborhood uses of the park to do flyering. Um, when we do abutter notices, they go to property owners. And for park renovations, we wanna be sure that we're including the renters in the areas as well. And I think it's important to point out, we, we will do a full press release on any meeting we do have so the whole community knows. But in addition to that, like Alicia mentioned, flyering and robocalls to the immediate area um, will definitely be done. Right. All right. All right. Amber? This is our second to last project of the night, just to give you guys a sense of where we've been and what we have left. So we've gotten through a lot. Um, so this is Wellington Greenway phase four. The Wellington Greenway starts where the boardwalk left off, right in front of Stations Landing, and goes all the way up to the Woods Memorial Bridge. So it kind of spans that bridge under the orange line at the confluence of the Mystic and Malden Rivers. Uh, so next slide. Um, as we do with many of these path projects, there's several phases that the project has gone through. The yellow, green, and the yellow and green paths are existing and were built um, by John Priottle, who's the developer for River's Edge over the last decade. So it's pretty great to have a developer that's thinking very broadly about amenities in the vicinity of his property. So. I have to give a shout out to John for doing that. Um, and these are maintained by DCR. So an example of a developer built project and then it's turning over to the state to manage. Uh, so phase four is the last piece that is designed but not built. It's the red piece that goes behind the Wellington T station parking lot. I have let, led so many walks and rides in this area and every time I have to take a whole group of people through the middle of the parking lot which is not ideal. So this would be a really important piece. And in fact, is the last non-accessible shoreline 
along the Malden River in Medford. So when, once this gets completed, Medford's entire waterfront will be accessible, which is really exciting. Um, the purple part under the Woods Memorial Bridge is the underpass that MassDOT built a couple years ago. Um, so I will share a picture of that. Um, so this is a, a pretty straightforward project. It's 1800 feet long, so not very long. Uh, proposed as a 10 foot wide bituminous concrete path, which is basically those black asphalt paths that you see, um, and has a few benches and trees proposed as part of the design. Next slide. Sorry, that was an accident. There you go. Um, and oh, the important thing to note on that project is the design has also been funded by John Priato, but the Gaming Commission awarded the city of Medford a grant for capital uh, construction on the project. However, it was not for the full amount. So we're working to find the remaining amount. And once that's found, um, the project will get built. So we don't have an exact timeline, but we're making good progress on it. Um, these photos, the top one is looking downstream uh, with the orange line on your right. And behind us is the parking lot. So this is where the path currently dead ends and enters the parking lot. And we're in the future, we'll continue alongside the river. Um, at the bottom there is the new underpass that MassDOT built that if you go left there, you go under the Woods Memorial Bridge and up the Malden River. So a pretty great new infrastructure piece that the state just built. So this is just putting these pieces all together. Um, yeah, oh, and I also saw a question about the bumpy, <laughs> the bumpiness of the existing Wellington Greenway, which has been caused by roots on the trees. And we have noticed that um, and, you know, it's kind of this thing of what do you invest in? And we've been focusing on the missing links in order to get that connectivity and network value of the paths and then focus on repaving. But certainly repaving is also cheaper. So I think we're trying to think on all fronts as far as that is concerned. Um, yes. Is there a priority on native plantings and trees for this areas? Absolutely. That's, I um, recently just read the NOI for the, um, this project just to make sure everything was in there and they mentioned native plantings. Currently the area has a lot of invasive species. So that's one nice thing that a path can do is clear out invasive species, plant trees that might shade them out and um, be better for the environment and better for people. So. Um, Amber, as you're looking, um, I just wanna clarify for people because um, Amber referred to the NOI when you do a project near water, you have to do a filing with the Conservation Commission of that community. So the Medford Conservation Commission needs to review the project. That filing is called an NOI. So she was just reviewing the documents that were submitted to our Conservation Commission. Um, they will also have a public meeting on this um, because they need to as part of the hearing process. They will have a limited scope of what they can look at because they can only look at things that are within their jurisdiction with regards to the Massachusetts Wetland Protection Act. Um, and, and I would say, as I mentioned, the path is designed to be 10 feet wide with side paths for running, which is a pretty standard width. Um, that might be the main design piece to comment on, but um, really it's pretty straightforward. So our questions are more just about use and interest in this in this project. Um, I think 
it's a little bit like in the far end corner of Medford. So sometimes gets maybe lost or people don't think about it, but just curious if folks would use this more as a recreational amenity or transportation or both. Um, just kind of giving a little feedback would be good to know. Somebody asked what percentage of this project is unfunded. So we're looking for about 40% of the construction cost for this. We have a gaming commission grant that covers about half of it. Um, we have some commitment from the private developers. Um, so for this, actually the entire design and engineering was funded by the private developer, John Priottle of Priottle Lane. So he's done all of that and he is also committed to bringing some additional funds to the construction but we're looking for larger pots of money for the construction of this. Yeah, and I see a comment from Ken Krause about the Northern Strand. This, this path is very close to the Northern Strand once you just jump over the Woods Memorial Bridge and that path takes you 11 miles north up to Lynn. So it's a pretty amazing network pieces that are starting to come together with what are small but important gaps to fill. So there was a comment about the current path being very dark. Um, I will tell you that the paths along the river are almost exclusively on DCR property. And DCR has a strong policy of being dusk to, or dawn to dusk. Um, they, you are allowed to ride through at night if you have proper lighting, but they do not maintain the paths for light as well as there are concerns from the environmental community, the conservation commission about having lights, the paths along the river. We don't wanna have lights shining on the river and disturbing them. And frankly, if they were through the woods, we wouldn't want the lights at night um, disturbing the wildlife. So their paths are dawn to dusk. You are allowed, and the policy on these paths um, from a patrolling situation is that people are allowed to ride through, um, but they're not hangout locations at night. Um, you can be asked to leave at night. Um, so they don't, the, dark, the paths are dark, that is intentional by the state and they do not have any plan to light them. The only place along their paths that there is lighting is when it's an underpass or under a bridge, um, because that might need lighting in the daytime as well as at night. So the, there will be lights um, under the underpasses. I don't know if you have anything on that, Amber. Yeah, no, it's just, I was thinking this came up in um, a conversation or a public meeting around Draw 7 Park, which is on the other side of the river in Somerville, kind of behind the Assembly Road T station about lighting. And it was noted that it's a pretty bright area given its proximity to Assembly Row and the casino. So it's not pitch black really in any of these locations. I definitely understand the desire to have safe spaces at night, particularly as we have long winters. Um, but I, I kind of see both, both sides of the equation. And I think um, as long as people have bike lights and things, it's okay. Um, I also think that policies might change over time uh, as active transportation becomes more uh, popular and critical for people getting around the, um, we might see some of these things change because there are ways to do lights in a way that prevents a lot of light pollution and are more environmentally friendly. So um, again, everything is phased. So it's like if we could just get the path built, stop all or prevent these dead ends from limiting use. And then the next phase might be 
lighting or art or more amenities? So there are a number of questions and comments about this project. Is it helpful if I read some of them out to you? Um, there's a lot of comments on lighting. One of them that I noticed was the idea of lighted bollards. Um, that would be really just um, walkway lighting. It might be something that we can raise to DCR and DOT as an idea. Um, we did ask on the slide about how would you use it and we're getting some great feedback that we'll be capturing as well around um, recreation and transportation. Um, I'm gonna try and- a question more about clippership and whether or not it's funded and it is fully funded by the state and the federal grant. Um. And um, Amber, you know about the regional connections. There was both a question about connecting this path to the Northern Strand and then into Everett, into Gateway Park. Okay, yeah, why don't, could you go back to one of the maps maybe? Um, yes. This one, is this? Yeah, this one okay. works. Um, so this one's here, this is the Woods Memorial Bridge. So you could cross here and turn right and get into Gateway Park. Um, oh, and I realize this is an older map because now this is the casino waterfront, which all exists as a waterfront. This area, path. we can't see your pointer, but we can see mine. Oh, oh so yeah, because I'm not this. <laughs> this all exists now because of the casino. Um, one other project that people might be interested in is that dotted line that continues up to the existing Northern Strand, Here. which creatively is being called the Northern Strand Extension. So right now it dead ends near night shift um, and there's a mile long path that goes all the way down to the river um, that is already out to bid. So it's gonna start construction in 2021. Sorry, it's my cat. <laughs> um, so that's a really critical piece and one that, um, you know, we'll connect them to all these waterfront. Right, we'll get, um, Amber, if you can share with us um, for our website a more updated because this little piece here is also completed along the new Modera apartment building and across the Woods Memorial Bridge. Are there bike lanes on there now? Um, mm, yes, uh, I wouldn't say that they're the most optimal bike lanes because they're not protected, but um, there are bike lanes. Okay. So this is an example of the Woods Memorial Bridge design happened enough time back that there wasn't a standard practice around protected bike lanes or grade separated bike lanes. So um, maybe that becomes updated in the future. But the two underpasses under the Woods Memorial Bridge are great um, that connect up the Malden River. Okay. Um, There's also um, a question about, are there plans to develop the old train tracks starting behind the Budweiser Distribution Center and past BJ's to connect this part of the Medford community to the paths at River's Edge? Can you hear me sigh? <sighs> it's a dream project here. Um, we've, I've actually walked it with, um, we keep mentioning John Criottle. He uh, is the developer of River's Edge and he's truly an environmentalist. He's put a lot of money into the waterfront or along here. Um, all of this is private land along the water. 
Um, but John makes it very much open to the community and he welcomes people from the community to come walk along the river and use the waterfront there. Um, what we were looking at was, so the Orange Line train track runs here and there's a land bridge. The, the um, train track goes underground and it looks like you could walk right across it. And we thought that this would be a great connection to open up. And then we discovered that there is in fact a commuter line that runs across that land bridge um, several times a day. So it's, we can't just open it up, but there is an old rail line that goes along here. And then it comes under route 28, it comes next to BJ's, comes under route 28 and comes out behind and goes all the way into Budweiser. And so there has been talk with some of the abutting property owners about turning that into a rail trail. I will tell you that it is on the radar of the city, but it is not an active project at the moment. Um, if there were people who wanted to look into that and work on it, we would welcome it. Um, as you've probably noted from this presentation, we've got so many irons in the fire right now that we're a little nervous about getting spread too thin. Um, but that is something that is, we, oops, I didn't mean to click off, sorry, that we've been keeping on our radar. There we go. Um, uh, reading through some of the comments, Allie or Annie, do you see any of the others that we should, because I did see a few comments and people have expressed interest in talking about some of the other projects. Um, I just sort of wanted to finish this one before moving on to an, another one. There was also one last slide. One other question um, fairly recently about who owns land um, other than Pan Am over there. Uh, Pan Am is the only owner that I am aware of on that bike trail. The rest of, or <laughs> bike trail, rail trail, it's on, the, on that railroad. Um, there are several abutters of um, multifamily and stuff that we've started to look at and talk to who might be interested in working on such a project with us. And we have um, approached the T about it because there is sort of a, a relationship with the T and Pan Am and they seem willing to consider it, but hadn't got any further than that, so. Okay, um, did we catch all the questions? I mean, people are also welcome to raise their hand if that's easier. Um, we see a lot of good comments and we'll be capturing these, which is also helpful. I mean, we really wanna hear what residents are thinking about these and make sure we're in the right direction. We also, when we are looking for outside funders, they wanna know that we've talked to residents and that there's resident support for these projects. So sometimes just hearing that there is support is extremely helpful for us as we go to find funding for con particularly for construction. Um, and so we have one more slide of one more thing we wanted to mention. Uh, Wrights Pond, the Recreation Department has expressed interest in applying to the Community Preservation Act for further improvements at Wrights Pond. And we'd really love to get suggestions and ideas of what you would like to see the city doing up there as we start to think about what should be in an application for improvements. Um, so you can send email to Medford Recreation. 
You can, if you send, if you mistakenly send email to OCD at Medford, we will get it to the right department. We'll make sure that the right person sees it. We'll make sure that it gets into the right consultant's hands or whichever department. Um, but we would definitely love to hear input on this. Um, and then we can go back and it's 7.30. Uh, we really did zoom through this and answer questions or hear comments on other things. I can try and scroll back. We'll scroll through some of them. I think Allie's been making some notes. Um, but also if people want to raise their hands as well, if that's easier, we're, we're happy to do that as well. Um, and, and rights pond here, I just, um, so Joan Sear raised her hand, so I can. Uh... Hi, I just wanted to clarify on the uh, Cape and uh, Tufts, Cape and uh, Cummings Park application that you talked about through the CPA. I just wanted to clarify that even though um, the sand is being removed, there will be sandboxes installed there so that children who want to play in the stand can continue to play in the sand. So that is part of the requirement for that, um, those three parks, that's all. Thank you. Joan is a member of the Community Preservation Committee that approved the funding for those projects. Uh, recommended the funding, the city council approves it, right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's actually a very important clarification. Mm -hmm. The city council approves it, but the CPC makes the recommendations on the projects. Um, and I think you also had a comment about a, uh, a trail, a walking trail all the way around Wright's Pond. Now yes. you know there is one. Uh, is it free of brush and it's safe to walk? <laughs> it was like... last week. Okay. So um, we do, there is a around Wright's Pond about three or four years ago as a Boy Scout Eagle Scout project. Um, the pond, there was, the trail was blazed. We had one Eagle Scout put in uh, boardwalks over some of the wetland areas that are on the trail. And then the next year, a Boy Scout blazed the whole trail for us. Um, the Medford Boy Scouts do periodically update that blazing. It could possibly use it again. Um, and if the brush should be kept back, it is so heavily trafficked, that trail. Mm -hmm. um, I do know my friend's son runs it every morning with his, with his dog. Um, so it couldn't be too overgrown right now. And um, if anybody ever finds it blocked by trees, um, our uh, the parks department will clear trees that are blocking the, the marked trail. Okay, thanks. Um, I've had a couple questions come to me in the chat, but one is related to Cape and Park. So I figure I'll raise it now, um, which was asking about uh, what about landscaping and basketball courts at Cape and Park? I did answer that, Allie. Um, Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. I did, it, I did it in the chat. I just mentioned that CDBG funding is not available for Cape and Park as far as I know, but we can explore potential linkage and next round of CPA funding. Um, I haven't heard much on Cape and Park. We went off of what the Parks Department recommended as well as anything that we've been hearing in our um, different departments or that I've heard throughout the years of things that needed to be improved. But I did note it on my, um, <laughs> my file of all that we've been doing on the park. So we can definitely explore that in our next CPA round. Right. The mayor has been meeting monthly with staff about parks projects and moving them forward. So um, I see Susan Bibbins raising her hand. Hi. 
Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the, I think it's, um, I forget the name of it, uh, the park with uh, that can't be used for anything. Um, and in place of it, you're going to put the cap on it. Um, and I noticed the labyrinth, uh, the picture of the labyrinth, it wasn't um, uh, wheelchair or walker accessible. Um, and I urge you to think about um, making it accessible to um, everyone. So in, in um, making it uh, 36 inches um, wide or however ADA compliant um, the paths are. Um. Great, thank you. We'll, um, we'll talk with the consultant about it. I know that is something that we have discussed um, and we'll, uh, we'll bring that up. Um, I actually, I stand corrected. The artist, Carolyn, is actually on the call this evening and she says, yes, the paths will be ADA compliant. So she's already taking that into an account. Thank you. Um, and I had a couple other questions um, about accessibility. Um, from the beginning of the presentation, um, Playground Mulch was mentioned. Um, Playground Mulch is not accessible. Can you specify the materials that were approved? Um, and I forget which park that was in reference to, um, but it's at the beginning. Um, Tufts, Capen, and Cummings. I think it was even earlier. Um, and then um, related to the sand as well, a uh, question about will there be water available and drainage planned for the sand? Um, sand areas are legitimately no fun without water. <laughs> Uh, I would say that we'll make a note of that for the people who are working on it. Um, and so one of the things that Shanine is explaining in the chat um, is that there's the term ADA access is what most people are familiar with when referring to accessible for people in wheelchairs, et cetera. Um, there's also a term universal access and universal access is more accessible, universally accessible. ADA refers to the law um, and universal access refers, I know Shanine could put this better than I can, but to, I might say a state of mind of having it like everything accessible. Um, and so it is something that in, I mentioned that we had done a request for qualifications for consultants to use on these projects. And one of the things that we put in there is language about um, looking for consultants with experience with the universal accessibility and proven experience with it. So the city has a legal obligation to meet the ADA standards. What we'd like to do is to be more universally accessible. And so we're trying, we're, we've incorporated that into what we're looking for, for a consultant to, to guide us on these projects. And in fact, somebody just messaged me directly, what about accessibility to playgrounds for children with disabilities? That's exactly the idea of universal access, that it's, accessible to everybody. And so that's what we're looking for in a consultant is somebody who can really speak to 
the whole universe of what does that mean for students. Um, and Shanine has shared a link in the chat about with information on universal design. Um, all right, so I think I've also been seeing and getting a number of other things. Um, oh, the artist for the labyrinth mentions that the existing grade of the labyrinth site is already ADA compliant and will not be regraded, just smoothed out. And then in terms of widening the paths, she was planning on five foot, but was open to other suggestions. Um, so, so somebody said to me about seeking input on universal access from the community. And I feel like that's what we're trying to do. Like that's this process and all the others. So definitely send us stuff, tell us. And if there are places where we should be directly reaching out, um, we welcome those suggestions. I frequently have residents say to me, why didn't I hear about that? And my current frequent answer is where should I have said it so that you could have heard me? Um, so we're always looking, looking for that. Um, and I see uh, Councillor Counselor Zach Bears has his hand up. So unmute you. Thanks, Alicia, and thanks for, for this great meeting. I had to hop in late, um, so I apologize if this has already been addressed, but I think I saw someone in the chat mentioning the old Medford Square uh, rail path that, you know, cuts from the Orange Line, uh, then across Middlesex Ave by BJ's and then under Route 28. Was there any, are there any plans in the works looking at that stretch of uh, property? I will tell you that it's, so um, we mentioned it briefly, we had, there was a broader Malden River plan, master plan project that did look at it a little bit and did some very preliminary um, assessments on what might be possible there, found out some things like the ownership of that rail trail is Pan Am. Um, and we sort of have that on the back burner. We did learn that we thought there was a land bridge where we could walk across it and then across um, River's Edge Drive, only we have learned that there is a commuter, tra commuter train that goes on top of that land bridge uh, several times a day. So it's not as immediately accessible safely as we thought it might be. Um, so it's honestly, it's on the back burner. Um, we, I think, presented 15 or 18 projects tonight and we're a little, we don't wanna get spread too thin. Um, we welcome people who would like to try and move that project forward. Um, but we need to move forward the projects that have funding right now. So yep, that's where it's totally. Thanks for all the work. And I just I wanted to bring it up just to see if there had been anything included on it. Thank you. There's nothing new. Um, sorry. So there was some comments about the disabilities um, commission and Amber just shared a link to the original plan that includes the original land bridge trail. When we thought that that was a, a, uh, an abandoned land bridge. We thought that we could cross it. I myself have started to wonder, I mean, there are many places where people walk across railroad tracks. Isn't that a thing? Um, but I suspect that you wouldn't want to put it in a park, which is what we've been talking about. Usually you see it, it's more of a, um, a road crossing, um, but it's honestly not something we've had the opportunity to explore yet. Um, if I work from, my, from the most recent comment up, and I apologize for doing that, but sometimes it's easier. 
Um, somebody asked if there were for Gillis Park, are, are the plan, is the plan to keep it exclusively a ball field or are there other options on the table? Um, my general understanding is that it's truly not big enough for anything other than a ball field and a couple of, um, uh, I don't know if they're batter boxes or pitching aisles. Um, I think that there is an openness to hear what people might want there. We are committed to keeping it a little league field. Um, so we wouldn't change it to something else. Um, but whether or not people want other things there, or if there is truly any space, that's the kind of feedback we'd be really interested in hearing from the community. You can tell us tonight, you can email us. Um, we're happy to hear stuff either way. Um, and yes, sorry, the size for the comment about um, Wright's Pond um, and the difficulty when you, um, uh, when you are trying to cross Elm Street to get there, the city has been working. So Elm Street is a state road and we have been working with the state for years. The automated speed signs on that road are things that the city has put in with the permission of the state. Um, but there are some really significant difficulties with getting improvements there. We have been lobbying for a long time and I personally am extremely familiar with it as I live a block and a half from that, that intersection, actually less than that. Uh, we have another hand raised, um, Tom Fowler Finn. You then click on the unmute button Thank you. I think it's great what you're doing, really. You, you're covering all the bases. You're reaching out. You've been working hard on it. And it's great to see that the mayor has devoted so much time to this as well. That's a new thing in Medford, to see the mayor really take this much interest in the parks. And uh, it's something that's very important to the residents, probably more so now with the, with the uh, pandemic. Uh, two questions on Car Park and Duggar. CAR, I know, we're, is still being studied, and we have a proposal in to get some permanent pickleball courts. In the meantime, at Duggar, I see that there's only one tennis court of the five that will be marked out for pickleball courts, and we had thought two. And I know Mr. Nestor had said he thought there should be as much multi-use of facilities as possible. So I'm really hoping that that one court tennis court can go to two tennis courts that can also have pickleball lines on them. And if it's a little late and there's not enough money to put lines for the second court, I'll pay for it. I'll make a donation to cause that to happen. But it, we have, we have everywhere, anywhere from 20 to 25 people, for example, on a Saturday, seniors who show up for pickleball. And one, the lining of one tennis court means eight people can play. So you've got eight people playing and you've got 16 to 20 people sitting by the sidelines. If two courts are lined out, that would greatly get more people actively involved. So I'm hoping somehow or other that can happen. Thank you for the input on that. Um, I'm not part of the design of that project. Um, the Parks Department and Recreation Department were, were working on that. Um, I believe that uh, that comes under the Parks Division and we can provide that input to them as well. For those who are not familiar, I actually had somebody direct message me about what's pickleball. Um, it is a sport that is very 
Uh, when you look at it from standing outside, it's very like tennis. Um, picture tennis, but with different rackets, a different height net, if I'm correct, a different kind of ball. I've been told it's extraordinarily easy to learn how to play pickleball and people feel much more successful at it than they do when they pick up a tennis racket. That- and, and Alicia, if I could comment, this is Brianna. Um, I can talk to Mr. Nestor about that as well. I would expect there to be more than just one um, lined with pickleball lines. I know it's a matter of a few hundred dollars. So I'll definitely talk to Mr. Nestor about that to get, make sure it's more than one. Cause I have seen pickleball tournaments down in Cape Cod and I think they're amazing. So we'd love to be able to provide that to our um, residents. Fantastic. Great. Thank you. Um, I also got a question about roads around parks, um, specifically walking to Harris Park and Wrights Pond um, safely. Whether um, who has kind of input on that was, was the question. Right. So we do like to get things, comments on those. Um, Harris Park is, again, one that is located the main, the large road there is a state road. So we've been doing our best with it. Um, we actually, being aware of the difficulties there, um, BJ's just got permission from the Conservation Community Commission and the Community Development Board to put in a gas station. And one of the things they agreed to as part of that is that if we and they can jointly get permission from the state, they're going to restripe a large portion of that road, which is Middlesex Ave, and include bike lanes on a large portion on it based on the direction of our traffic engineer. So we're hoping that that will improve somewhat some of the safety of it. When you restripe a road, it makes uh, drivers, especially when you add these narrow lanes, it makes it feel like it should be driven more slowly. We're definitely interested in specific comments and specific locations that people would like to see improvements. Um, One other thing that is outstanding at Harris Park. After we opened it, um, we realized that where the swings are, uh, there's no gate. There's about a 12 foot wide area that children can just run away from the swings area and onto the road. And so we, our parks department has gotten a quote from that and we have identified funding to put in fence and gate there so that children cannot run out onto the road it is extraordinarily difficult to install something like that when everything is frozen and icy. Um, So there is a delay. I know people are using the swings even though it's frozen and icy, Um, but we are planning to add a fence and a gate there. Um, If people wanna provide specific, like this intersection, um, we look at it when we do park designs, we look at the roads around it and to see what can and can't, depends what the funding source is as to whether or not we can include it. Um, but we also, depending what's possible, can bring things to the traffic commission. Sometimes it's a stop sign, sometimes it's a crosswalk, um, and we can look at things outside of a parks project for specific safety improvements. Um, so right somebody asked about the ownership of elm street i may have said that it was dot sorry it is dcr road um i do know that the dcr has been transferring a lot of their roads to mass dot but it is 
to the best of my knowledge, it's a DCR road. One way you can tell is DCR plows the sidewalks really fast after um, storms. They seem to have a separate crew that does only sidewalks, whereas our crews plow streets. And then once all the streets and parking lots are done, then some of them are redirected to sidewalks. We don't have a we don't have enough staffing to staff a separate crew on sidewalks. Representative Donato was also helping um, and working with Todd Blake on Elm Street, and we will follow up on that. We did go out there last spring, met them in person, and asked for upgrades and enhancement to pedestrian safety. So I will follow up on that, but obviously it hasn't come to fruition to date. Um, Annie points out that the presentation will be available on the city's website on the Office of Community Development's page. Um, we'll also post a link to this presentation, which is on, um, if people are not aware, you can go to medfordtv.org, .com, oh, you'll have to correct me, um, and click on Watch MCM, that's Medford Local Cable, and there are hundreds of local of Medford public meetings available on there. And several of them, when they do not broadcast live on TV, we have also been working with the staff at Medford TV to upload videos of all of our public meetings. Thank you, it's medfordtv.org. Um, I was also messaged that there was a question about removing the burning bushes in front of Condon Shell. That is actually the name of a type of bush. It's not just a random comment um, that they block the view and are invasive. And so we'll make a note of that uh, to look into. And there were some questions about seating at Condon Shell. Is that what you were about to say, Allie? No, I was actually going to, um, I think it was back to the Harris Park discussion, but a question about accessible route to the accessible swing. We'll make a note. And right this second, that's the best I can say. But we'll, a lot of these are just helpful comments and information for us to have. Um, we'll spend some time tomorrow dividing these up between the, the people who are responsible for the various projects. Um, somebody mentioned seating at Condon Shell. There's very little, it's really just um, benches along the path. It's really designed for blanket seating and for bring your own chair, but it's something that we can make a note that there's interest in and um, look at in future designs for that area. Um, goose control is a very significant issue. Um, they like lawn. So the more often, so the good, good uh, advice is if you don't like geese, let your grass grow long because they don't like short, they love short grass. Um, we have to dodge, watch our steps on our way into work because they're really hard to tame. We have tried a number of different things. Um, I will tell you that if you ever see flags on Medford property saying careful poison, we do not use any fertilizers. We do not use weed control. The only thing we do is that we periodically put stuff out that the geese don't like and that makes them leave because they don't like the taste of it. Um, when you put that up, you legally have to put out the signs that indicate there's poison on the lawn. Um, so I just want people to know that we don't use fertilizer or weed control on our grass spaces. It's, it's about the geese. 
Um, we've tried other things. We've tried bringing around, we tried dogs one year to see if we could get that. It doesn't seem to help. Um, yeah, it's tough. But we'll mention it again. Somebody says the fake coyotes at the stadium worked well. So we can, can see about that. Maybe we need some fake coyotes around City Hall. So, um, so there are a couple of comments about um, the bushes at the Con and Shell allowing the muralist better access to the foundation and that there's issues with drainage and pulling of water at the Con and Shell. Um, So they're MWRA. So it's MWRA who's doing work at the Condon Shell um, and around that area. I'll make a note. Um, and there was a question about what the community can do to help move projects along. Um, we love to get input on things. We have a um, a couple of different community groups that work on issues. Um, Walk Medford helps with biking and pedestrian. I'll tell you that the Clippership Connector started with Walk Medford, identifying it as an issue. Um, they've been able to help move along several projects around pedestrian and bicycling safety. We have a bicycle commission that meets. There's a community garden commission and friends of the community gardens that help um, we, we haven't talked about community gardens or trees at all. Um, there's also an active tree group in Medford. One of the things that we've been looking to do is on the Go Green Medford page to list a number of the community groups and how people can get involved with them. Um, I'm glad somebody mentioned this because I had a, an intern draft that up, but I don't think that it's been posted. Um, See, are there other comments? People are also, if you feel that we didn't read out your question, you're welcome to raise your hand and say it out loud. We will save the chat and go through and capture everything. But if you want it addressed during this meeting, it's 7.55. Um, we're willing to, to answer some more um, questions on it. Um, Councilor Bears mentioned that the council passed a resolution last night asking for some reporting from MWRA on the Condon Shell Memorial Field Project, and if they could partner with the city to address some specific projects and improvements in that area. Um, there is one more question about if there've been further discussion on the city side about the Malden Hospital site. Um, the Malden Hospital site is primarily in Malden, as most people know, there's part of it is in Medford where there's water. So the Conservation Commission has um, jurisdiction. The mayor and I have both taken a lot of interest in this particular location and have met, have attended public meetings and have met with the hospital. Um, the last time they were asked about this particular project, the answer was essentially, we're a hospital system. There's a pandemic. We're really focused on that. And there it's the same hospital system that's working on the Lawrence Memorial Hospital that's under construction, um, opening up the ambulatory surgical center. So they've basically said to us, as far, as far as I'm aware, that that project in the Mullen Hospital site is on hold until they have a few more cycles to be able to spare to get back on, to get back on that. Um, let's see, there are other things that we should answer. Um, and there is a community group that works on the Mullen Hospital site. 
um, felsmereheights.org. Um, and I definitely recommend that residents to join that group because it's a partnership between Medford and Malden residents to move that project forward um, and to have influence on that project. There was one other comment about lack of sidewalks um, around Harris Park and um, poor state of the curb ramps, particularly when it snows. Um, that sounds like something also that will be filed under Harris Park improvements, but I don't know if there's anything to be addressed there. Um, we'll make a note. So, but it's good to know. And I'd like to point out that the city really tries, um, but we can't be everywhere all the time. Um, and so hearing from residents is really helpful. We're both in our offices working and trying to see what's going on. Things like I'm aware that kids are using the, the, the swings at Harris Park because I drove my daughter down there one day to, to hang out with a friend for a little while. So I walked around the park to see what, what it needed, and where things stand. Um, so we really are, we need the eyes and the ears of the community because we literally can't be everywhere. So we welcome you to tell us when there are problems. We welcome people particularly to help us by telling us when there are problems and not be angry with us that we don't already know. So I, I share that with you. Um, so it is eight o'clock. People have been with us for an hour and a half. This has been wonderful. I think we had 50 or 60 people at one point. Um, and uh, we really thank everybody for coming. The staff can stick around a little longer. I mean, we had advertised this as being open till 8.30. We're happy to answer more questions. Um, we have covered all of the content that we had this evening and we will post both the video and the slides of this on our website. Oh. It's weird to have everybody saying thank you quietly. I'll say thank you publicly. Thank you, Alicia and team, everybody that's worked on all these projects, Kevin Bailey, Annie Streetman, um, we really appreciate it and thank you for everybody that's come to give input and ask questions and we look forward to more conversation. Yes, thank you.